You know when you go to a restaurant on the weekends, it gets busy, so they start a waiting list, they start calling out names. They say like, Dufresne, party of two. Table ready for Dufresne, party of two. And if no one answers, they'll say the name again. Dufresne, party of two. But then if no one answers, they'll just go right on to the next name. Bush, party of three. Yeah, but what happened to the Dufresnes? No one seems to care. Who can eat at a time like this? People are missing. You people are selfish. The Dufresnes are in someone's trunk right now with duct tape over their mouth. And they're hungry. That's a double whammy. We need help. Bush, search party of three. You can eat once you find the Dufresnes. Probably half of it was muffled because of the windscreen that we have on the microphone. Wicky wicky. Wicky wicky. Wednesday. Chew, chew, chew into the microphone. Let's hear that granola no, that's bar. Okay. <laughs> Eating rocks and gravel over there. <laughs> Otherwise known as Nature Valley. Not a, not a sponsor. <laughs> That's why it's called Nature yeah, Valley. You're eating the valley. It's it is. It is rocks and gravel <laughs> with a little bit of peanut butter mixed in. Mm-mm-mm. Good. <laughs> Coming up on today's show, Denver International Airport confirming conspiracy theories? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Canadian translations and my favorite onion, not onion. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I love it so much. It's the best thing about Wednesday. It is. All right. But before we get into any of that, mm-hmm. it is October 24th. We are one week away from Halloween. Uh, but what are the holidays we're celebrating today, Moo? Today, we're celebrating 40-hour work week day. So in one day, I'm going to need you to we get all 40, 40 hours, hours in. in. <laughs> yep. And then the rest of your work week is done. Yeah, you're yeah. done. Don't even have to worry about it. Um, it's also food day. I don't understand this one. You're just going to eat just all the food? food. Yep. Hey, hooray for food. Any food item that you see today, you need to consume okay, that it. Can't be, that can't be all of it. You go on with the rest, but I'm going to look this one up. Okay, so this next one is pretty important. Okay. Okay. It is lung health day. Lung health day. Got to take care of your lungs. Take those breaths. Take those deep sighs. Uh-huh. 12 sighs an hour, as That's we exactly learned yesterday. Right. Yep. If you're a smoker, throw it out. <laughs> Be done with it, because that ain't doing your body no good. <laughs> okay, hey, food day. All right. Food day, um, let's see, do, 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 is focused on raising awareness and changing behaviors related to food in the U.S., oh. Uh, which include nutrition education, food rescue, sustainable ar- agriculture, hunger, farm animal wa- welfare, and farm and food service workers' rights. What is food rescue? Another food rescue, also called food recovery or food salvage, is the practice of gleaning edible food that would otherwise go to waste from places such as restaurants, grocery stores, produce markets, or dining facilities and distributing distributing it. Distribute. Distributing. There we go. I couldn't say the word to the local emergency. Okay. So this isn't saying like take the food that you didn't eat on your plate. And take it home. And give that to somebody. No. No, it's it's food that places would probably throw out because they're expired. Mm -hmm. Even though being expired doesn't mean that they're unedible or not nutritious. It just means they might not taste as good. Or, Uh, you know, a lot of restaurants overcook. They cook 
cook a little more uh-huh if they have stuff that's pre-prepared yeah and at the pre- end of the day pre-prepared. they're gonna throw it out yeah but breads and stuff mm-hmm. panera bread donates all their uh bread yeah to places so i like this i like this day it not only yeah. allows you to really consider food in your own life but then food in other people's lives absolutely i like that um <coughs> along with food day it's national bologna day Ugh. Bologna's not really a food. I mean, <laughs> we in America consider it a food, but... <laughs> Bologna! I'm, I'm coming in as a sandwich. Yeah. Disgusting. You don't like bologna? Disgust. Oh, gosh. Not only do I not like bologna, but I've had a traumatic bologna experience. Oh, gosh. Your bologna did not have a first name? <laughs> Was it nameless? <laughs> My bologna has a first name, and it's Megan. <laughs> Um, no, uh, burn. (laughs) I don't know how prevalent this is among bologna lovers to, uh, fry their bologna. Yes. I'm assuming that's a big thing. Yeah. But my brother-in-law, Brian, when he was still a kid, we were all kids, still teenagers. He microwaved his bologna all the time and it just made the entire house stink stink like death. Yeah. Like, every single time he did it, he would microwave it as a sandwich. Deidre and I had to leave. We had to get out of the house. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. So, that's my traumatic experience. Don't I actually, ever microwave bologna. I remember meals at dinner, which I grew up... I don't want to say that I grew up poor, but we grew up below the poverty line for, for most of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, below, below the bologna line? Below the bologna line. Um... <laughs> And I can remember at least once every other week having bologna and eggs for dinner. Ooh. Yep. Ooh, but it would be fried bologna, yeah. Fried, well, yeah, fried I've bologna never had fried and bologna. scrambled eggs. I used to have. And toast. When I was a kid, I remember eating bologna. And I don't remember when it switched for me. It was somewhere in middle school where I suddenly, I took a bite and I'm like, this is disgusting. Yeah. How did I ever eat this before? Yeah. Um, but that was very strange. Few Wait. things have done that in my life that have just completely switched out of dime. Yeah. Where I loved it one day and I absolutely hated it the next and couldn't touch it again. I think that's why a lot of people who eat bologna eat it fried because there's this texture to bologna that's almost like, uh, you know how like when you get a piece of fat in hamburger ugh, meat and ugh. it's like that gristly type. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's kind of bologna has that sort of texture as well and so when you fry it and it gets crispy yeah you kind of forget about that gristly (laughs) nastiness which for me it's the same way with hot dogs if i'm going to eat a hot dog i want my hot dog blackened i do prefer a blackened hot dog but mostly because i just like the taste of that carbon flavor yeah but then it also (laughs) it takes away because i think bologna and hot dogs are pretty much the same meat product yeah but they don't taste the same at all um, well, I can't vouch for all hot dogs because hot dogs taste different. That's true. Uh, from brand to brand. Mm-hmm. Ballpark hot dogs, not ballpark. What is it? Bar S. Bar S hot dogs taste like straight garbage. I can't eat them no matter how they're prepared or how much burnt they are. They're gross. Bar S is actually like a regional thing. I've never heard Bar S until here. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, maybe. So, but they're gross. They're yeah. awful. Not all Bar S products are awful, but hot dogs are the, you know, <laughs> bottom rung of hot dogs um but i guess i typically stick to like oscar meyer yeah um and i've had ballpark before they're not bad uh i don't like all beef hot dogs like hebrew national or or angus hot mm-hmm. dogs from oscar meyer or whatever because i find those too greasy i like turkey hot dogs i've never had a turkey hot dog well oscar meyer has turkey oh um is that a typical hot dog is that no typical no. hot dog's pork isn't it uh-huh yeah. So they have turkey hot dogs? Mm-hmm. And Actually, I take that back. I have had a turkey hot dog, but it was from Wiener Schnitzel. There was a time when Wiener Schnitzel was selling a low fat hot dog. Mm-hmm. We keep it in a steamer. Yeah. It was okay. It wasn't great. I don't know that I would like it in a steamer. Yeah, Again, because you like them, because you like I like them fried them. up. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I'm okay with boiled hot dogs. Me. Not pan fried all the time. I. Mm-mm. But I prefer fire grilled or whatever. Yeah. Like, I prefer to see blackened from fire. Even just like a campfire. 
campfire hot dog. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's the best. Mm. The only way, aside from a completely blackened, charcoaled hot dog that I will eat a hot dog, is if my older brother, Jason, microwaves it for me. And nobody else can microwave it like my brother does. I don't know. I really you, don't know. Literally doing nothing but pushing a button. I know. You are Do you know more. I have tried multiple times... And I think, (laughs) yeah, I think that it's because it's a nostalgic thing. Like when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I didn't, I was excited because yeah, my brother's making me a hot dog. I don't got to worry about making myself lunch. (laughs) Cool. Thanks, bro. But now it's like, this just doesn't taste like it did when Jason made it. (laughs) This isn't a Jason hot dog. (laughs) Yep. Jason, can you come over and put my hot dog in the microwave? (laughs) Right? Oh, it's yep. so weird. Nobody microwaves a but hot I, dog like my brother. But I'm that way about the burnt thing. I'm that way with um uh oh gosh, what are they called? Not sausages, but brats. Yes, bratwurst. Uh-huh. I don't really care for the taste of bratwurst at all. But then I was at a diaper party for Sippy mm-hmm. and he was making brats. I'm like, oh I'm gonna have to force myself to eat a brat so I don't look like a a jerk in front of everybody. Well, he forgot about them and he burned them all. Some of them like too charcoal. Unsalvageable. <laughs> and I ate like five of them. They were so good. And so anytime my my my, uh, my wife's family always makes brats. Yeah. Throughout the years, they've always just had to buy a package of hot dogs for me too. So I could eat when they eat. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, make brats. Just, you know, leave mine on for just 10, burn 10, it 20 to a crisp. <laughs> And every time, and every single time they bring it to me and it's like not even anywhere near like, is this fine? I'm like, no, just Leave put it, it on, on it and walk away. <laughs> I'll get it when it's done. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Lastly, Matt, this is our day. Woo. This is a day just for us. National crazy day. <laughs> Let your crazy out, people. Everybody. It's yeah. all right. You can go every, on be crazy. Every day is crazy day. On the back row. Speaking Her, of the back row, day. <laughs> our sponsor for today's show is Back Row Baptist The Game, a classic Bible trivia board game where you and up to five of your friends make a dash through the sanctuary over chairs and avoiding persnickety deacons to grab the last empty seat in the back pew. The trivia cards range in difficulty and reward, but in addition to traditional trivia, you also have fun variants such as Joel Osteen or Fortune Cookie and Who Am I? This game is exactly what most Bible trivia games wish they were fun. And all the proceeds go to support Back Row Radio. Visit BackRowRadio.com to find out where you can pick up your copy of this rare but well-done board game. And now, Mo, it's time for my favorite, favorite segment. Apple or not apple? Onion or not onion. (laughs) I'm going to read two headlines. One of them is real. And one of them is from The Onion. Your goal, as always, is to tell me which one is real. Play along at home. Are you ready? Ready. All right. First two headlines. Study finds over 5 million birds die annually from collisions with clouds. Or Donald Daters, new app for Trump supporters, aims to make America date again. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I'm going with clouds kill birds. Wrong. (laughs) Dating as a supporter of President Donald Trump can apparently be challenging. (laughs) Conservatives may encounter messages like Trump supporters swipe left or on Tinder. And if you voted for Trump, don't waste my time on other people's popular dating apps profiles. Uh, But a 2016 survey from Tinder found that 71% of online daters consider political differences to be a deal breaker. Enter Donald Daters, a new dating app that launched last Monday for Apple and Android devices with the mission of helping Trump supporters meet and mingle on a platform free of any liberal backlash. For many young Trump supporters, liberal intolerance has made meeting and dating nearly impossible. Support for the president has become a deal breaker instead of an icebreaker. That's why we created a new platform for Trump supporters to meet people without being afraid of talking politics, said Emily Moreno, CEO of Donald Daters, in a statement. The app, which is similar to other dating apps like OkCupid and Tinder, gives users a new set of matches each day based on various 
preferences that they can preset preset users can chat for free and when a match is mutual block any potential liberals that troll them and donald daters is open to everyone this is actually one of three dating sites of this nature that i am aware of uh, one is called trump dating and the other is called trumpsingles.com you know it makes so much sense <laughs> it does after you read it it i yeah it makes sense but i love the slogan Make America date again. Make America date again. I, yeah. Which, but that slogan is what made me think that it wasn't true. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It makes it sound out of this world. It kind of does. But can I ask you a question? Ask. When did it become okay to ask people who they voted for, like, right away? (laughs) I think this election. (laughs) I feel like that would be at least like a fourth or fifth date people were so incensed with you know because they were certain 100 percent certain that hillary was going to win people were so incensed that that didn't happen that this has become a seriously if you are in any way supportive of donald trump get out of my face like i do not even want to waste a single date with you i don't want to waste a breath i don't want to waste a minute to type a message to you situation i mean it's been so volatile and it still is it remains that way to this day it does hillary clinton came out there last week and said we can't be civil with the other side (laughs) because they're trying to destroy everything that we believe in i'm like well that's where we've been for i don't know that's where i say we've but that's where a conservative side has been for decades now Mm -hmm. they're just trying to destroy she, she, she said, everything. She said, we can return to civility once we're in power again. <laughs> Straight up calling for let's not be civil. <laughs> if that isn't immature, I don't know what is. Like we're that having... is not, that is the definition of infantile in and of itself. We are having an uncivil war now here in America. Yeah. I can't be civil with you because I don't you, agree with you. You don't believe what I believe about yeah. things. Oh, wow. Anyway. Wow. So funny. Okay. So sad, but so funny. <laughs> All right. Next two. Next two. Which one's real? Which one's fake? Okay. Plane diverted because a drunk bro refused to stop doing pull-ups. Or Kevin James announces he is not considering a late career shift towards more dramatic roles. Um. Diverted plane. Correct. I can I can envision it. Like he had one too many alcoholic beverages being served to him and started doing pull-ups on the the overhead luggage compartment. That's essentially it. There was <laughs> there were signs American Airlines flight 2763 was going to be a uh, uh, a uh ooh, this has a cuss word in it. Oh, I got this from a, a less reputable news source. I'm glad I didn't just straight read it. <laughs> right. It was going to be quite the show even <laughs> before the plane took off from Phoenix on Monday. A passenger sauntered on board with not one but two dogs, which might be pushing it. And to make matters worse, he was apparently wasted, blatantly stumbling through the aisle on his way to his seat. But it wasn't until the plane was midair that the trip went fully off the rails. The Boston-bound passenger, who was already allegedly pretty drunk by the time he took his seat, crushed a few beers, slammed down some liquor, and then inexplicably just stood up in the aisle. (laughs) Apparently feeling in tune with his inner gronk or whatever, he decided to turn the overhead compartment into his own personal pull-up bar. He was leaning up against where you put the bags overhead, and a passenger came by and said, What are you going to do? Some pull-ups? Passenger David Markowski told WBZ-TV, and the guy actually grabbed onto it and started doing some pull-ups on the plane in front of everybody when he refused to stop trying to get his gains, or whatever, in the aisle. A flight attendant came by to tell him that, no, you're not allowed to get blasted and beef up your lats during a flight. (laughs) Apparently, he wasn't having it. He would not sit down. The flight attendant probably asked him about three or four times to sit down, and he refused to sit down, and then he really got verbally abusive with her, started calling her names, unwilling to let some belligerent bro yell at a flight attendant and show off his biceps all the way to Boston. The pilots decided to divert the flight to Kansas City. Cops escorted the guy off the plane, presumably along with his dogs and the woman he was traveling with. 
But according to the FBI, imagine being her in this situation. (laughs) But according to the FBI, he wasn't arrested and he hasn't been charged with anything. The flight wound up leaving for Boston without him and finally touched down at 1 a.m., about 90 minutes late. Yeah, imagine being the woman (laughs) alongside this guy. (laughs) So do laws not cross clouds? Like, when you're up so many thousand feet in the air, are laws no longer... Because I'm pretty sure that constitutes drunk in public. I don't know. Does it count? Does it constitute public, or does it count as more like a bar? Because alcohol is served on flights, and you can be drunk in a bar. Yeah, but if you're acting belligerently, if you are acting out of control, then you can still be arrested in a bar for being drunk in public. True. True. I think. Yeah. And I feel like this is. I'm... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe the, maybe the lady he was with talked them down from arresting him. Maybe he's not normally like this. I'm. He's I only feel like had fifty-seven beers. I feel like the only way that they might take, the only way that I could understand them taking mercy on him is if he has a debilitating fear of flying. Because it said that he was drunk when he got on the plane. Right. So my thought is, he got there super early. He was sitting in the bar at the airport, got toasted, (laughs) so that he would have enough courage to get onto the plane and not be terrified out of his mind. With his two dogs. But let's learn a lesson here, guys. There is a fine line between being okay to fly and not being okay to fly. <laughs> and that not being okay to fly is when you think that the airplane is your personal gym. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> all right, all right. Last two. Onion or not onion, tell me which one's the real one. Report. U.S. still leads the world with highest density of Kevins. <laughs> or China plans to launch its own moon by 2020. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this one seems pretty obvious. I think it's the Kevin one. Wrong! What? (laughs) China is reportedly in the process of creating an artificial moon that would be bright enough to replace the streetlights in the southwestern city of Chengdu by 2020. The illuminated satellite is said to be eight times brighter than the real moon, according to the state media People's Daily, and forms part of the country's growing ambitions in space. Chinese scientists plan to send three, actually, three artificial moons into space in the next four years, and the moons made from reflective material like a mirror are expected to orbit at 500 kilometers above the Earth and light up the area with a diameter of 10 to 80 kilometers. So Wu Chunfeng, chairman of Chengdu Aerospace Science and Technology Microelectrics, that's such a long name, Chengdu Aerospace Science and Technology Microelectronics Systems Research Institute Corporation, my, my gracious, which developed the project, said that illuminating satellite would provide a dusk-like glow. So the satellite's brightness and service times are both adjustable and the accuracy of the lighting can be controlled within uh, tens of meters, uh, Mr. Wu told the state media agency earlier last week. Uh, Mr. Wu added that three artificial moons would operate alternatively in order to signify or significantly reduce infrastructure electricity consumption, especially during winter. So the illuminated satellite is designed to complement the moon at night. And uh, it's supposed to cover 50 square kilometers in Chengdu. would save about 1.2 billion, uh, it's not yen, yuan, basically $240 million in electricity costs every year. Uh, It could also be used to light up areas experiencing power outages caused by natural disasters such as earthquakes. This is actually a pretty cool idea. Yeah. And it's obviously nowhere near like an actual moon. It's not the size of a moon. It's not going to be up in the orbit with the moon. Right. It'll be more like a satellite, but it'll be a giant satellite that's made to do exactly what the moon does and reflect the light around it or the light from other mm-hmm. places on Earth mm-hmm. and shine that light in areas that are needed. It's actually pretty futuristic and pretty dope. It is. What do you think? I still think the Kevin one was right. I'm sure it is. I feel like I feel like most Kevins are in America. Most what? Kevins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Evans. <laughs> most Kevins. Kevins. 
Every Kevin I've ever met in America. Right? I'm just saying. I really only know one. <laughs> you only know one Kevin? That's such a sad life. It's Hip Hop Hump Day, y'all. <laughs> We're sprinkling in a little bit more of the Christian rap and hip hop this morning from yesterday and today. And when we come back, Canadians are weird. Stick around. <laughs> Back row morning show. With Matt Matt Mo. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> the show today is brought to you by Back Row Baptist, the trivia board game, classic board game style fun. Prove you're the holiest Christian once and for all. Check it out on backrowradio.com in the game section of our store. Uh, we have yet to play you and me against him. I know. I know I could totally beat you though. Ooh, I gave mine to Kevin. Gave my copy to Kevin. Which I don't know why you did that. Because I got to order a new one. Because that one was the prototype. And so it had a mess up on the dice. I mean, I fixed it for the thing. Mm. But it's, you know, something I hand drew or whatever. And Mm. I want an official one. That's good. Well, you can't. Oh, yeah, you can. I was going to say you can't order it now. Can't order the other two games, but I can order that one. Yep. Which I, they wouldn't be the sponsor right now if I couldn't if you couldn't order it. True. <laughs> Come and look at this game that we have, but don't be able to buy it. Right. No. Hey Mo. <laughs> hey Matt. I got a fever. Four. And the only prescription <laughs> is random facts. <laughs> no, it's more cowbell. More cowbell. Okay. Here are your five random facts for the day. I sound thrilled. Can't you tell? It's Wednesday. <laughs> Oh, number one, goosebumps are actually caused by a muscle. It's called the erector pili muscle. Mmm, erector pili. Mm-hmm. Okay, number two, we're. <laughs> it, I think it is interesting, but I don't think that I've ever really thought about what causes, or you know, other than cold or something sounds amazing when someone sings that's the only other time that i get goosebumps i'm not sure i've ever gotten goosebumps from like a thing that's happened like that like an experience really like who's this is giving me goosebumps i don't think i've ever gotten goosebumps like that what i think i've only ever gotten it from like cold or you know having the chills or something i can't ever recall being like amazed into having goosebumps you know i get it a lot when we watch america's got talent hmm and specifically when kids are on there and they're <laughs> phenomenal, then I get goosebumps. And then it also inadvertently makes me cry. Did you get goosebumps when you were watching Honey Boo Boo dance on Dancing with Stars Jr.? No. <laughs> I just kind of felt like, why can't I be as confident as she is up there right, shaking her tail feather and lots of things jiggling? <laughs> if we could all have the confidence of Honey Boo Boo. Right? We would be happier. We would be happier. We would be happier. I'm going to say it. I wish I was as confident as Honey Boo Boo, too. How confident are you? I'm Honey Boo Boo confident. (laughs) 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 On a scale of one to Honey Boo Boo, how confident are you to dance in public? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Weird Al Yankovic wrote his parody. What? Yankovic. Goodness wrote gracious. his parody song, The Saga Begins, before Star Wars Episode One was released. Lucasfilm denied his request to see it early, so he relied on internet spoilers for plot details. And it was dang accurate. Too. Was it? Yeah. I don't think that I've heard it. Plot points and everything. Got it all in there. Huh. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It was a good song. Because it was made after... Have you heard that one? The saga begins. Mm-mm. It's a parody of American Pie. So my, my, this here Anakin guy. Maybe Vader someday later. Now he's just a small fry. Yeah, <laughs> it's, really, it's really good. It's a really good parody. <clears throat> ah, well then. 
number three, people didn't always say hello when they answered the phone. When the first regular phone service was established in 1878, Alexander Graham Bell suggested answering the phone with ahoy. <laughs> they, they pay tribute to that on The Simpsons with uh, Mr. Burns, who's, whose age is always some mythical hundreds of years old yeah. he's just such an old person so every time he answers the phone he's all uh hoy hoy <laughs> <laughs> yep yep um on scooby-doo shaggy's real name is norville rogers uh no thank you i'll pass on that it's because of his hair that they call him shaggy <laughs> and lastly yeah, that's why um, <laughs> lastly, blood donors in Sweden receive a thank you text when their blood is used. That Isn't is that cool. nice. That would imagine having like a terrible day, and then that pops up on your screen. You'll be on cloud nine for weeks. Although, what happens if like you donate blood, and then years later you wind up having some sort of blood deficiency? And you were just diagnosed with this and you get the text, hey, your blood was used. And you look at your text and you're like, what the crap? I need that blood back. <laughs> um, <laughs> can I make a withdrawal? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Artist updates. There were lots of big wins to go around in the 2018 Gospel Music Association's Dove Awards last week. No one, no one Christian music artist dominated the 49th annual ceremony, which took place Tuesday, last Tuesday, at Lipscomb University in Asheville. Instead, a trio of newcomers, Corey Asbury, Torin Wells, and Zach Williams, earned the night's most prestigious prizes. Singer-songwriter and pastor Corey Asbury's Reckless Love was named Song of the Year and Worship yeah, Song was. of the Year. Uh, solo artist Torin Wells came into Tuesday's ceremony with more nominations than any other artist, and he didn't leave empty-handed. The former frontman for Royal Taylor took home four doves, including New Artist of the Year and Contemporary Christian Artist of the Year. Uh, and then one year after he won the New Artist Prize, Southern rocker Zach Williams, whom we got to see live at Celebrate Recovery Summit this year, whoop, whoop. Uh, was named Artist of the Year. Just all across the board, number one artist of the year. So in one year, he went from new artist. Maybe so new artist of the year to, to artist, artist of the, of the year. year. Good yeah. for you, Zach Williams. That album is fantastic. It really is. It's you, a really good album. You know, and he's just uh, hearing a bit of his testimony yeah. at the summit. He is just, he's amazing. Great. He's humble. Yep. He's, he's, he's uh, so appreciative of, of where God has brought him mm -hmm. in such a short time. Yep. Uh, yeah, if you haven't picked up that album, uh, do it because it's good. So most the, of it's on micro radio. <laughs> it is. The only thing that I'm sad about, we didn't spotlight anything for King and Country. Did they get anything? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you? Well, no. Let's let's look it up together. Come along with me <laughs> on a journey. I'm just I'm just curious. I don't know if their album came out. In enough time, I know they have the singles. Well, uh, yeah, but does the whole album have to be out for them I don't, to I'm be? Not, I'm not sure. I'm not because sure. I feel like Joy should have gotten them something. Ah, okay, hold on. Dove Awards. Uh, they they won uh, Christmas and special event album. Oh, their uh, their out al their Christmas album last year. year was. And uh, they were nominated, but did not win. Contemporary Christian artists, of okay. course. So that went to Torrin Wells. Torrin Wells. No. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay. It was. Yeah. So. Torrin Wells. So. Yeah. So yeah. So they won. They they took a dove home. But I'm sure this next year, with Burn the Ships. Have you heard uh -uh. all the album? Uh -uh. I haven't. I mean, it's not as good. I will. I will immediately say it's not as good as Live Free, uh, Die Hard. However, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Run wild, live free. Yes. Love strong. There we go. <laughs> live free die hard <laughs> it's not as good as that album but it is very good yeah uh one of the reviewers i read put it as like it's it's their growing up album like it's it's a lot of their songs are about some really deep things deep or tough emotional issues both in marriage and in faith hmm. uh, if you heard pioneers it was one of their more recent singles. No. It's about... It's I'm them still stuck on joy, Matt. It's them, <laughs> that's, well, a lot of people are. <laughs> um, but it's it's uh, them and both their wives are oh. singing the song. And it's about, you know, let's not let any of these things 
these outside forces or whatever take our marriage down. Let's be pioneers and keep going, keep going out into the unknown or the great unknown. So hmm. like it's a really beautiful song. I'm, I'm sure you will love it yeah. immediately. Um, so yeah. Well, that makes me feel better to know that our our favorite band actually did. Didn't get snuffed. Yeah. Snuffed? Is that the word? I stiffed. Mean, that was what I was saying. Either way. Although I am super still bitter with them for not coming to Right. Summit they better have a darn good reason to cancel on our summit. I know. But that's the only reason we go to summit. No, right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's the only reason I was going. Uh, another artist update. Bob Smiley has a question. He posted, I'm going to Canada on Saturday and would like to do part of my show in Canadian. Is there a translation app I can use? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so diving off of that. I have a list here of, uh, I think, 10. Yeah. 10 or so Canadian words or phrases Okay. for things in America. I want you to guess what they are. Okay. Okay. I have to get into my inner Robin. Right. Some of them are easy. Some of them are just out there. Okay. So first one, coffee whitener. Am I asked what? What is coffee whitener? It's creamer. Yeah, non-dairy creamer. Yeah. Good job. Keen bean. Keen? Keen bean. K-E-E-N bean, like a food bean. Keen bean. Um, it, I don't know. <laughs> it's someone who's content with where they are. Nope. It's a teacher's pet. Keen bean. A keen bean. Okay. <laughs> what are runners? Um, like what we consider a gopher, someone who we get to do our, our <laughs> No, it's uh, running shoes. Oh, and okay. I get my runners. Yeah, I get my yeah. runners. Uh, what's a converter? All that I can think of is the thing that you put your outlets into <laughs> to change it from 110 to 220. <laughs> nope, it is a TV remote. <laughs> well, that doesn't Converting make any sense. Converting your channels, I guess. What's craft dinner? Macaroni and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> elastics. What are elastics? Rubber bands. Yeah, good job. Uh, what's soccer baseball? Soccer baseball. Hold on, let me think about all the sports. <laughs> Wait a minute. Soccer, How do I put those two together? Baseball. What do I get? It's not hockey. No. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I don't know. It's kickball, which is essentially soccer baseball. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> baseball that you kick. Uh, what's Man. a What's a parkade? Parkade? A parking lot? Uh, parking garage. Close okay. enough. Uh, what's a garburator? Garbage disposal? Yes. Ah. <laughs> and last one, what is a bunny hug? One word, bunny hug. Bunny hug. Mm-hmm. Bunny hug. What I'm thinking is not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a hooded sweatshirt. Oh, okay. Very, a hoodie. Very Nonchalant and um, unoffensive. Bunny hug. hug. <laughs> Got to grab my bunny hug. All right. It is not top list Tuesday, but we have a top list for you. It's 10 life skills. 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 Got the skills. <laughs> Your teen needs before leaving home. Hmm. You ready for this? I am because I have a teen. teen who needs to be leaving home one day. Yep. And he's got to learn these things. Yep. Learn these lings. Number one, basic cooking skills. Check. Right? Yep. Yeah. You got to be able to. And I'm, we're not talking like pour your own cereal here. No. That ain't cooking. Yep. We're talking about flipping a grilled cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Topher makes hamburgers. Nice. Yep. That's good. Yep. I'm trying to remember. I think grilled cheese was the first thing I learned to like cook, like where I had to turn on a stove. Yeah. I think grilled cheese was the first thing my mom would let me make. Like, even when she wasn't there. I can remember talking to my friend on, you know, on the corded phone. On the corded phone. Yep. And <laughs> ruining mac and cheese. Oh, mm-hmm. yep. 
That'll do it. Yep. That'll do it. Yep. There's some point where you just can't salvage noodles. No, you have yep. to let the water boil before you put the noodles in. Oh, you put the noodles in mm-hmm. at the beginning? Mm-hmm. That's what I do if I boil hot dogs. I put the hot dogs in right away. Yeah. And let them cook as the water. Yeah. And then those are good, but not noodles. I remember my friend, and actually, this you'll get to make fun of me for this. Her name is Bobby Joe, But I remember her saying... You put the noodles in with the water. You have to let the water boil. And I'm, well, can't I just let it all boil together? No, just throw it away. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, that's what you got to do. Bobby Joe. Yep. Bobby Joe's right. So, Bobby, if you're listening, I still remember that phone conversation. Bobby Joe knows her noodles. Yep. Mo knows no noodles. I know no noodles. <laughs> Mo don't know noodles. <laughs> We should have a whole new segment of Modo No. <laughs> Today oh, on Modo No. That would be a fun segment. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, I'm going to make it something. All right. It's going to be something. <laughs> All right. Number two, budgeting and money management skills, which we, gosh, we don't. How is that not something we learn in school? I agree. I don't understand. I agree. This is a, a necessary, very necessary life skill for every single person. Mm-hmm. Why is it not taught in school? This is actually something that I want to start within the next year is having the boys sit down with Chris and I and mm. look over our finances. I feel like, though, it's incredibly vulnerable for us to say, OK, this is how much money we bring in and this is how much money <laughs> has to come out. Yeah. <laughs> but then at the same time, I feel like not only would they be learning that life skill, but they may grow a slight appreciation for the things that they have. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Number three, personal health care knowledge. Okay, so it says knowledge. So I've done my part in telling him how to take care of himself. I can't expect him to do it. True. But at least you have put the plant of that seed of being healthy. I mean, still at almost 13 years old. Did you brush your teeth? Please go brush your teeth. And floss. <laughs> Uh, floss what well he has to with braces now. oh right i remember that oh gosh i hated braces yeah i had them for like four years i had them so long really yes it was awful um and then i got the braces off and they gave me a retainer and i wore it for about a week and i'm like you know what forget this and i didn't wear it ever again i lost my retainer at my best friend's house never saw it again Mo don't know where her retainer went. Mo don't know. (laughs) Mo does know how to remove her own braces, though. Ah. Mm -hmm. Mm. They told me I would only need braces for one year. I only had them on my top teeth because I had a gap in the middle. They said, you only need them for one year. I had an appointment on the one-year mark the night before that appointment. I took the center bracket off. It's not called a bracket. The center the thing that hold the wire, the, the center the wire, wire thing. Uh-huh, and took all the elastics off every bracket. And the only thing that I had when I walked into that appointment were the brackets because they were actually cemented right, on cemented your teeth. On, yeah. Yep. The orthodontist looked at me and was like, I would have done this for you. <laughs> no, I wanted to make sure you were taking them off. <laughs> like, I, I'm done. I don't know. I don't know how you, but I am done. <laughs> you said one year and they are coming off. Okay. <laughs> So I have this permanent retainer on my bottom teeth uh-huh. that they've cemented in. And yeah. there's a thing around two of my teeth, metal bracket around my teeth that I couldn't take off if I wanted to. Yeah. I would need you know, a power tool to get off. Mm-hmm. I have gone in on two separate occasions, made appointments with my former orthodontist. I want this off. I'm coming in. Please take it off. That has been the appointment. And each time we've gone in there, he's been looking at it or whatever. And then he goes, okay, everything looks good. And he gets up and he leaves. And my appointment's over. And the nurse takes me out. I'm like, I, huh. <laughs> and I don't know what to do. You have to be more I'm bold like, in speaking up. What's going before, on? Like when he comes in the room, before he even starts to look, you say, okay, sir, listen, I'm here today so you can take this off. We're not just checking up on it. So sick. Food getting caught between this dumb wire on the back of my teeth and my teeth. Ah, I hate it. <laughs> I still have it. I don't know if I'll ever get it taken off now. <laughs> Probably not. 
I will die with this piece of metal in my mouth. It'll be on your tombstone. At least my bottom teeth will stay straight. In his retainer. (sighs) All right. Anyway. Where were we? What were we talking about? Number five. Ten life skills. Ten life skills your ten needs before leaving home. Number four, good social skills and manners. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Number five, auto maintenance skills. Mm. Another thing we should be learning in school. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I guess now we have YouTube for that. That's true. (laughs) Number six. No, seriously, uh, with the auto maintenance thing, Greg, you know, my father-in-law, knows all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like whenever he volunteers to do this for me, like change the oil or whatever, I feel like he wants to teach me how to do it. And you don't want to learn. But I'm like, mm, all right, you do that. I'm going to be in here. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Greg. Because <laughs> I would... I will more than happily hand over the 60 bucks or whatever it is to Grease Monkey or wherever to get my oil changed. Be yeah. pressured. Be pressured to change all these filters that I have no idea if they need to be changed yet or not. Right. Go ahead. Have all my money just so <laughs> I don't have to do any of this. Right. <sighs> I changed. I had to go to YouTube to change a, a, the headlight of my wife's car. And just how long that took, I'm like. It's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth saving the money. <laughs> Chris just changed both my headlights Ugh. last night. But, and I think along with this auto maintenance skills, not necessarily being able to do it yourself, but in the event that you have to take it into an auto mechanic shop. You don't get taken advantage of. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Both my dad and my grandfather were mechanics and Chris is also a mechanic. And so I have a knowledge for cars to a degree could i go in and do it myself absolutely not but i'm not a fool and the first time that i took my car to grease monkey chris was the first year the kids and i were here without chris he was in alamogordo alamogordo um but they tried hard to tell me you need to have this changed and this changed and this changed and i was like nope just my oil thank you (laughs) and we're using this brand and that's all (laughs) they just kind of look at me and in my head, I do this whole internal like pat on the back, like there you go, good job, girl. <laughs> you learned something you will not be taken advantage of today. Well, the other thing is, why are we getting our oil change every three thousand miles? Almost all oil is rated for up to fifteen thousand mm-hmm. miles. Mm-hmm. Why do we feel like we have to get it changed every three thousand, or our car is going to explode? Because that's what <laughs> that's what society teaches us. Right. We are ingrained to learn this. And lesson, look on the little sticker, mm-hmm. specifically Grease Monkey. Mm-hmm. The little sticker that they put on your car, they always round up on your mileage. So when it says, or round down, whatever way would get you to that 3,000 faster. Round down, yeah. Yeah. So that, I want to say that there were like 22,000 miles, something like that. And then... But they rounded it down to 20 Mm. so that I lost 2,000 miles. Wow. (laughs) Anyway, I think at least you need to know how to change a tire. Yeah. Because that's a situation where you might find yourself in where you have no other option. Yeah. I have had to do that several times. And I have, and I almost always forget that the car still needs to be down when you loosen the bolts because if it's up in the air that mm-hmm. tires are just gonna turn with you yep so i always forget that i always figure out the whole crank it crank it up get it up in the air i'm like ah dang it <laughs> oh. and put it down crank it back down because <laughs> that crank ain't easy to do either yep <sighs> yeah but uh yeah i've had it i think three or four times i've had to change a tire yeah it's not fun no it's not all right number seven Essential domestic skills. This is number six, actually. Sorry, number six. Mm-hmm. Counting skills. <laughs> essential, essential domestic skills. So dishes uh, and laundry. Yeah, how to take care of yourself. Vacuuming. Not have to come home to mommy. Yeah. Uh, number seven, being a good judge of character. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel like part of that is just trial your and personality. Error. Yeah, and how yeah. you how you. Some people are never going to be a good judge of character. You yeah. Know? Some people are gullible. Some people don't trust anybody. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I bet it's I bet it's still part mostly a skill. Well, and I was thinking, learn. how do you teach that to? Well, it, does it say you got to teach it? It just says needs, life skills your team needs, needs before yeah. leaving home. So Not necessarily, you just I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Um, number eight, work skills and basic responsibility. Hmm. Uh, number nine, the ability to discern between love and infatuation. That's a good one. Gosh, that's a big one. And number 10, the ability to admit fault and start over. Again, a big one. This list just got real with that number 10. Yep. (sighs) All right. (laughs) I admit it. I'm at fault. Four. What did you do? How to read. (laughs) Or count. Not knowing how to count. For running over in time. (laughs) And running over in time. Uh. Since we moved to the new schedule, I don't really know what our time limit is, but I'm sure we're over it right now. 25 minutes. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's Bob Hump Day. We are listening to more of the classic and current rap and hip hop uh, mixed in with your morning music. We got a few more hits mixed in there too, but just a little heavy handed on the hip hop. Uh, when we come back, why the new world order begins in Denver. Mm. Stick around. Morning show with Matt and Mo. It's our third hour we're heading into right now, and it's sponsored by Back Row Baptist, the trivia board game. Perfect game for your pastor this Christmas. Check it out on backrowradio.com in the game section of our store. Time for the news. A charity has utilized a powerful medium to dissuade youth from getting into trouble on the streets. Street Warriors created an outdoor <laughs> fitness gym that is made entirely out of recycled knives and blades that were confiscated by the police. Wow. The London gym was crafted using over 2.5 tons of steel from steel weapons that might have encouraged a life of crime. Since the gym was established on gang-neutral territory back in 2017, it has garnered praise for its ability to raise awareness about knife crime in London. Well then. Yeah. A Tennessee couple plans to visit six Disney parks on two U.S. coasts in a single day. Heather and Clark Ensminger Mm -hmm. plan to visit Disney World's four theme parks in Florida, hop a cross-country plane, and end the night at Disney's two California parks. The couple from Kingsport, Tennessee, will be armed with a spreadsheet showing what time they need to be at each park. In Florida, they plan to have breakfast at Disney's Hollywood Studios before walking over to Epcot. From there, they will go to the Magic Kingdom and have lunch at Animal Kingdom. They have a direct flight from Orlando to Los Angeles at 4.30 p.m. And they plan to be at California Adventure by 8 p.m. local time and Disneyland before it closes at midnight. So this is all about just getting that goal of stepping foot in all six Disney parks in a single day. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was reading this, yeah, and I thought, what kind of lunatics are they? There is no way that they're going to get to six. And then I saw that they're from where, Kingsport. Where are these crazies from? Uh huh. <laughs> and Kingsport is Kingsport is where April, my sister in law, that's the town that she grew up in, yeah. Kingsport, Tennessee, and it's just about fifteen minutes from my mom's house. So. <laughs> Yeah. These are your people, Mo. These are my people. These are your people. So instead of thinking Wasting that y'all are their lunatics. Money and time. Nope. Instead of thinking you're <laughs> lunatics, Heather and Clark, I'm rooting for you. I hope that you get it done. I want to see all about it. But what's the goal? So, okay. What's so the purpose? Can I, are they going to get in the Guinness Book of World Records? For... I don't know, but can I... Can I just say that I Facebook stalked her real quick? Because <laughs> Kingsport, I figured for sure that we would have mutual, mutual friends friend. of some kind. Yeah. I'm of at least one, yeah. which surprisingly we don't. But she is a um, travel agent mm. for Disney. Mm. And so I think that's what. I see. Yeah. Well, that puts a little bit of a damper on the news story. 
Yep. Doesn't so, really count if you work for Disney. So can I read this from Go her, for it. her travel page? It says, have I gone mad? All six U.S. Disney parks in one day. My husband and I are going to celebrate our 10th anniversary by doing something a bit crazy. This Wednesday, October 17th. So they've actually already done it. Oh. Um, we're going to attempt what we are calling hashtag epic park hop. <laughs> we will start in Florida and go to all four Walt Disney World parks in the morning, then fly to California and Disneyland to do both parks there. I'll be posting updates throughout the day, so be sure to check on this page and follow. Share your friends. Enjoy the fun, too. Well, Hashtag epic park hop. Um, yeah, it appears that I they did. No. Hold on. I, I did see a post where it was her and... Um, yeah, enjoying our beautiful morning at Disneyland. Pumpkin spice churros for breakfast. Hashtag epic park hop. Pumpkin so, spice churros. Get yep. out of here. Yep. That's disgusting. So I think it's a cool way to spend your 10th anniversary. But can you imagine? There's no... It's all... The whole thing is just rush. Rush, rush, rush. You could sit down for breakfast. But then you're rushing on. Let's walk to this one. And let's walk to this one. And let's walk to this one. And let's go to the airport. Let's fly on this plane. All the way across the dang country. That's a long flight, my friend. So... <laughs> She, they got um, fast passes. Yeah. She says this was the first day. Um, it's been a successful one. They rode the Increda coaster, which mm. is the new Incredibles roller coaster. Wake up, Matt. <sighs> Toy Story Mania, Radiator <laughs> Springs Racers, um, <laughs> Lunch at the Blue Bayou, and then Space Mountain. Watched Fantasmic, so they've even watched shows. Wow. And then they were waiting for their fast pass to do the Haunted Mansion and Splash Mountain and then sleep. <laughs> so, I, and honestly, I think going just Chris and I, we would be able to do a lot more, cover a lot more ground. Yeah. Then, because at first I was thinking, how are they going to do this with kids? Do they right. have kids? What are they? <laughs> but anyway. All right. All right. I guess if it's something you always wanted to do and you got the money and time to do it. Yep. Uh, I wonder I wonder how much of it was sponsored by Disney. Possibly a bit because they were even blogged by Disney. Uh, mm-hmm. Hmm. There's some, there's some shenanigans going on in the background of hey, this thing. Hey, if I could have Disney pay for my <laughs> trip to all six parks Disney. in two days... Pay for Mo and I and our spouses to go to all six parks. For real. We'd <laughs> we do will, it. We'll hype it for, for years to come. Dang, come on, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> this is the break I've been waiting for. <laughs> I don't even need you guys to be a part of our donors and sponsor us anymore. Just post us everywhere so that Disney can hear this and Disney will, will sponsor us to do all six parks in two days. Oh, gracious. All right, more news. Uh, speaking of records, uh, a Philadelphia college broke a Guinness World Record by stuffing 6,026 backpacks with school supplies in just one hour. Awesome. Temple University students gathered Monday night and filled the backpacks with school supplies that will go to 20 organizations, including local schools, as a part of the Pack It Up TU event. Uh, tempting Guinness records has become a homecoming tradition for Temple University students. In 2016, the school broke the record for most peanut butter and jelly sandwiches made in one hour. Wow. That was 49,100 sandwiches. I wonder what organization they did that for. Uh, it says they donated them to local food banks. Okay. So I'm assuming they were, they were given out that day. Yeah. Uh, but from all the different food banks. So way to go, Temple U. Yep. So another news story is pretty interesting. Uh, okay. The Denver International Airport has been fueling elaborate conspiracy theories since it opened in 1995. Didn't we talk about this? We did kind of. Okay. Yeah, we talked about the horse, uh, which we'll talk about a little right. more. Right. Okay. Uh, new advertisements posted around the building suggest it doesn't really mind its associations with lizard people and or the Illuminati. Rather than dispelling these rumors, the airport is using them as fodder for a new tongue-in-cheek ad campaign, Mashable reports. Uh, the ads are tied to the renovation of Denver's airport's great, Denver Airport's Great Hall, and they're displayed on the construction walls uh, 
that have been erected around the space since the project began this summer. Instead of promoting the new plans, posters make reference to some of the wildest conspiracy theories attached to the airport, including the rumored tunnels that run beneath it, its Freemasons Association, and the cursed blue horse statue outside, which is actually responsible for the death of its sculptor. The ads include pictures of gargoyles and aliens, with one reading, Yes, Den's got some secrets, in large <laughs> letters. Each poster includes the URL denfiles.com instead of X-Files, it's yep. denfiles, uh, which redirects to the airport's renovation project website. The Denver International Airport has inspired so many conspiracy theories, it's hard to fit them all into one ad campaign. Uh, one is the runway shape. Uh, these are some of the more nefarious conspiracy theories, although one, and I doubt this one is on the boards, although one of the underlying themes of the various conspiracy theories regarding DIA holds that uh, Stapleton was a fine airport and they didn't need to replace it with Denver International. There is one inarguable point, inarguable point. The runways at Stapleton were not smartly laid out. The parallel runways were too close together for safe landing in bad weather, which happened around 150 days a year. Jeez. So it would cut the number of, rival, of arrivals in an hour from mm -hmm. 80 to like 36. Denver International doesn't have that same problem, but it does have something far more nefarious. A shape that many people have noticed looks curiously like a swastika, at least from the air. Taken on its own, such a shape could be brushed off as just being a really terrible piece of planning, but combined with everything else... It looks very odd indeed. <laughs> Number two is the markings. The airport bears a series of strange markings on its floors that some people believe symbolize a new strain of hepatitis that could be used in biological warfare. Now, I did notice the flooring when I was there a yeah. couple months ago That's and weird, was right? really confused. <laughs> in reality, most of the symbols are taken from the Navajo language or are pulled from the periodic table of elements. Mm. Uh, number three, the dedication marker. There is one very weird marker that's hard to ignore, a dedication marker and capstone that's been placed over a time capsule, which supposedly includes a credit card, a Colorado flag, and the Denver International uh, pardon me, International <laughs> Airport's opening day newspaper, among many other things. Uh, it's set to be opened in 2094. The symbols on the marker are associated with the Freemasons, a charitable, orga charitable organization that is often subject to their own conspiracy theories. Uh, the marker also mentions the New World Airport Commission, an organization that doesn't actually exist. Or does it? Mm. Our brains are spinning. But apparently to be taken, taking credit for building the entire airport. Uh, they, I'm sorry. They appear to be taking credit for building the entire airport. However, the Contributors listed as part of the so-called NWAC include an architecture firm and a metal company, and they do exist, hmm. and they just make buildings and metals, probably. <laughs> uh, and then four and five, the tunnels and the underground bunker. Uh, the airport is home to a number of tunnels, including a tram that goes between uh, concourses and a failed automated baggage system. That all sounds normal enough, but there is definitely something weird about the automated baggage system, mainly that it cost a lot of money and then never actually worked. The system, which failed pretty spectacularly when it was first tested and just never got better, was one of the reasons for Denver International's delayed opening, and by 2005, most of the airport's concourses had abandoned it totally, making both its bloated price and long delays feel like even more of a failure, or at least a really weird way to cover up the building of tunnels. Mm. But where did the tunnels go? Perhaps to some kind of underground bunker? Most of the people who believe in the various conspiracy theories regarding Denver International seem to think that the airport is actually the headquarters for something far nastier than just an airport, like the New World Order or our own American government. This idea might sound pretty wild just because the place is big, question mark? Just because of all the weird stuff in the airport, question mark? But there is something very strange to back it up. Buried buildings. As the story goes, when Denver International was first being built, five massive buildings were built somehow incorrectly. Instead of being blown up or otherwise dismantled, they were buried. Although theorists say that a construction worker ultimately blew the whistle on this very weird practice, Finding his original testimony on the subject now is almost impossible. That's very strange. <laughs> and then, uh, as Mo mentioned, we did talk about this 
on a podcast a while back. But the bonus here is the horse statue and the weird murals. Conspiracy theories aside, it's hard to deny the weirdness of Denver International's unofficial mascot. A massive horse statue called Blue Mustang that has already killed at least one man. A 32-foot tall and 9,000 pounds, it's made out of fiberglass, Blue Mustang is huge and imposing, and its glowing red eyes don't help matters. This thing is giant and really scary, and it killed the man who made it. Really, truly. <laughs> Artist Louis Jimenez, Luis, Luis, Luis. Luis Jimenez died in 20, 2006, uh, 2006 <laughs> with a piece of the sculpture's head broke off and severed an artery in his leg. Leo Tanguma's two murals, which take up wide swaths of wall space in DIA's baggage claim, might have some nice names. They're called Children of the World, Dream of Peace, and In Peace and Harmony with Nature, respectively, but their actual content is terrifying. Death mask soldiers stalk children with guns. Animals are dead and kept under glass, and the entire world looks to have been destroyed. As if being at the airport wasn't bad enough. <laughs> To his credit, the narrative of Tanguma's murals ends on a happy note with all the peace and harmony stuff. And the artist himself has said, I have children sleeping amid the debris of war, and this warmonger is killing the dove of peace. But the kids are dreaming of something better in the future, and their little dream goes behind the general and continues uh, behind the group of people. And the kids are dreaming that peace will happen someday. See how the little dream becomes something really beautiful? That someday the nations of the world will abandon war and come together? Still, the last place anyone wants to see the depictions of death and destruction is at an airport. Truth. So, all, a lot of weird stuff. It is. About Denver International. And it is. That makes me wonder why it's a hub. Yeah. <laughs> the underground concourse is where I ran over the lady with the wheelchair. <laughs> I'd be okay if I never entered Denver International again. Oh, man. All right. Well, it's Hip Hop Hump Day, y'all. Hip Hop. Uh, we're going to make up Hip-hop. for the several times this week that we've gone over in our segments and go a little under right now. Perfect. So you get a little bit extra music this hour. Uh, we'll be back to close out in a little while. Stick around. Close out the show with the Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is Proverbs 9.10. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And our thought for the day comes from Zach Williams. Well, good old Zachy Willie Williams. Right, our good buddy. He says, God can take the biggest mess and turn it into the biggest message. Thank you for joining us this morning. We are here every Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed up together into a podcast for you over on macroradio.com. Or most places you can get your podcasts. Thank you to today's sponsor, Backrow Baptist the Game. Oh, what's the final word? Uh, life is all one big conspiracy theory. <laughs> That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.